Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Taking Back You Momcast. Hi guys, how you doing? It's Danny Carter Idens, your host. And in a few short minutes, we are going to be joined by Ann Kidder, the founder and creator of Kidderbug Creations. You guys, this week, Ann is going to talk to us about navigating our grief. And you know what? In the last few weeks I got I've gotten to know Anne really I mean pretty well for people who have never met face to face and I can tell you she is an amazing person to speak on this topic. Let me give you a little bit of a backstory about Anne. We're going to talk about it more in the episode, but about 10 years ago Anne suffered the loss of her mother, which was the catalyst that began the process of her losing four family members in just three short years. So if there's anybody who can help us navigate grief, I think it's her. And what's interesting and amazing out of her story is that from grief, she's created something beautiful and something amazing that she can share with people all around the country. And so I really wanted her to come on today because I think grief is just another one of those things that us as moms, we don't necessarily allow ourselves to experience or to go through or to navigate. And I thought that Anne would was the perfect person to come on and talk to us about such a delicate topic. You will be able to hear her heart. She's such a wonderful woman. She's so sweet. And so I'm going to share a little bit more about her after the episode is over. But I hope that you can take something from this episode. I hope that you can learn from this episode. I know I learned so much um, about grief in my own life and how to navigate it. And so I hope that this will be a resource for you in the coming um, weeks, months, whatever, whenever you need it. I want to remind you before before we get to it, though, that if you love this podcast, and I hope you do, I hope that's why you're listening, because you love it, please, 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 if you haven't already, subscribe to the Taking Back You Momcast and share this podcast. That's the number one way we keep doing what we're doing. Share, share, share. Mwah. I love you. I'll talk to you after the interview. Coming to you straight from Indianapolis, aka the Circle City, this is the Taking Back You Momcast. The Taking Back You Momcast is a witty, authentic, and sometimes sarcastic podcast for millennial mamas who are in the thick of mom life. And I'm your host, Danny Carter Iddens, wife, millennial mama, motivational speaker, and motherhood advocate. Hello, hi, I am here with Ann Kidder of Kidder Bug Creations. How you doing, Ann? Hi, I'm good, Danny. How about you? I am. We are here. Um, <laughs> that's kind of my official uh, stance on this time right now during during coronavirus. Is we we are here. Um, <laughs> but thank you so much for being on the show today. And you guys, Anne is an amazing woman. I reached out uh, a few about a month ago because I had some topics that I wanted to discuss in the show. And one of them was not so fun. Um, and it was on grief and Anne offered to come on the show today and kind of talk to you guys about her journey and her experience and um, kind of what she does and how she handles grief um, in her life. Anne is the owner and creator of Kidderbug Creations, which is an online blog and shop that helps to nurture family relationships across generations through perfect personalized handcrafted gifts that she calls memory items. And so, like I said, today she's going to talk to us about grief. And, um, you know, a little bit about how it affects our lives as moms. And Anne, she, she knows. Um, Anne lost four family members in just under three years. And the first of which was your mother, correct? correct. Yes. Okay. And then um, she was, so basically kind of how Kinderbug Creation started was she was looking for comfort um, during the process of grieving her mother. And so she wanted something to hold her. Uh, to hold that reminded her of her mom. And so I think this is really, really uh, sweet. And I, I just love it. You made a memory bear from your mom's nursing cape that she got when she graduated from nursing school. And this kind of, it kind of dawned on you at that point, like, hey, I'm sure other people would really, um, you know, have a desire to have something that, you know, they could hold um, or, you know, have with them that, you know, may have a piece of a, you know, loved one that they've lost. And so that's kind of how um, Anne got started. And she lives in North Dakota. And you guys, like I said, we only have moms in here. So she is a mom. She's a mom of two adult daughters. And she has been married for 29 years. So, Anne, you already win the award 
Um, I think you are our longest marriage on the show. 29 years is awesome. When is you guys' 30th? Uh, next year. Next year. Oh my gosh. Well, congratulations. Um, I think it's, you know, we always hear long marriages and it's like, ah, ha, ha, whatever, but it's nice to actually know somebody who's been married for a long time and that's awesome. So congratulations on that. Um, and just, you know, on everything that you're doing. So I want to thank you for being here. Um, because this is a hard topic, you know, this isn't, um, sunshine and puppy dogs. This is something that we all go through, but I think we don't really want to talk about because it's not necessarily very fun. Um, and you know, and you created kinder kitterbug creations because of your own need for comfort while you grieved your mom and your subsequent, um, loved ones. So can you tell us just a little bit more about the process that led to you creating your memory items? Well, right after my mom passed away, I just remember desperately wanting to hold something of hers. And so I grabbed uh, an article of, of clothing that um, she had always had. And um, it just, it felt good to just hold something. It wasn't the same as holding her or giving her a hug, but it somehow comforted me and, and calmed me. And so as I was going through all of her items, I found um, her nursing cape. And she was very proud to be a nurse. And so that nursing cape held great meaning to her. Um, and she'd kept it all of those years. So I struggled to try and figure out what to do with it. You know, I really couldn't donate it anywhere. It wasn't going to mean anything to anybody and mm -hmm. really couldn't throw it away. It had meant so much to her. And so I was like, you know, I have this pattern for a bear. I wonder if I could make um, a bear out of this. And so I carefully cut it apart and rearranged pieces and turned and twisted and managed to get, um, about four bears out of that fabric. And so I got one, my daughters each got one, and my brother got one. So that replaced the article of clothing that I had clung to. And it was something that just seeing it reminds me of her, um, being able to hold it comforts me. And even 10 years later, you know, I don't need to hold it as often, but it still brings me comfort just being able to look at it and see it and, and hold it when I need to. Well, that's really, that's really sweet. And that's really cool that you have that talent um, to do that, because I know a lot of people would love, you know, something like that, but they just don't honestly have the, you know, it's just not their skill set. And that's cool. Um, so now when you lost your mom 10 years ago, um, that was kind of, and this is something, I, full disclosure, Anne and I have talked before. Um, and so she told, she gave me a little bit of a background um, on kind of what happened kind of as a, I don't, I guess it was kind of like just a downward, I don't even know how to describe it. Um, after your, you lost your mom, kind of explain the difficult time that you had after that, because then you lost your, I believe next was your grandmother grandfather your grandfather okay your grandfather and then your grandmother correct um and then your uncle am i yep. okay so can you tell us a little bit more about that and um just kind of how that transpired and like kind of what kind of how you ended you know where you ended up mentally <laughs> yeah right i know right ha <laughs> ha we i think we know the answer to that but um yeah. you know just kind of what your thought process was while all of that was going on well the, when you were talking about that thought process, it brought to mind um, shortly after my mom had died, um, we hadn't even had the funeral yet. And someone asked me, have you taken time to process, you know, your feelings after the, the death of your mom? And I'm looking at him with this funny look of, 
are you kidding me? Yeah, like what? (laughs) I'm planning a funeral. I'm taking care of my grandparents. I'm still trying to take care of my kids and my husband who are not here with me because we're in separate cities. And uh, no. Yeah, right. (laughs) Time to do that. What's that? And so, um, you know, I, I, my grandparents were in their probably 90s mm-hmm. um and so you know it certainly took a toll on them burying their only child yes and so my concern kind of went to taking care of my kids mental health and my grandparents mental health as well as a lot of the physical aspects of, you know, making sure that they have their medications and that um, they were taken care of. And so I, I'm not even sure that I really processed all of, of that grief. I, mm-hmm. I don't remember having time. The only thing I remember was thinking I wanted the world to just stop just yes. for five minutes, just stop. (laughs) Just let me catch my breath. Just stop going on. Just stop for five minutes and nothing ever stopped. Yes. Kind of just went through the motions and I got to the point of, you know, I got through the day. I breathed in, I breathed out. We made it through the day. We're good. And some days those were the accomplishments of the day. Other yeah. things I could, you know, <clears throat> tasks done, go through some of her things, um, rearrange things, whatever. But most of it was focusing on my kids and my grandparents. And we ended up, oh, maybe a year later, moving my grandparents um, into the same town that we live in so that made it much easier I didn't have to travel back and forth but I was then going there much more frequently and their health was declining and so taking care of you know all of that and then things got really um, significantly worse and I ended up having to move them into a nursing home which was just absolutely devastating and heartbreaking But looking back on it in the face of COVID, I am so grateful that it happened when it did because I can't imagine having to make that decision now or having to not be able to visit them in a nursing home and and have them, you know, not have that physical connection or that contact or the ability to see family members. And my heart just breaks all of those family members who are going through that right now and having to not be able to see family members in nursing homes and health, you know, facilities and things. And anyway, they, we moved them in. um, Probably March and within about two weeks, my grandfather passed away Mm. And that I think was almost worse than losing my mom just because it was another blow Mm -hmm. and it left my grandmother alone and they had been married for probably around 70 years and had never really been apart since the war and so then it was constantly taking care of her and still taking care of my kids and um trying to make sure that schedules and routines stayed as normal as possible for my kids while still trying to constantly visit and take care of my grandmother even though she was in the nursing home I was over there pretty much every day. Um, And then she deteriorated 
um, after about 10 months and we spent two months or two weeks of agony um, as she passed away. And at that point I was just pretty much numb. Yeah. You know, um, it was kind of just one blow after another and A, a strong faith, um, which I think is probably the only thing that got me through any of that. And after she passed away in January, um, I was like, okay, you know, that's it. We're done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we don't need to lose anymore. We're, we're good here. And um, kind of tried to get back into the quote unquote normal um, part of life. And then um, that November, I got a phone call that my uncle had passed away. Oh my gosh. So I'm like, are you kidding me? Right. <laughs> or, um, and so I really searched for those things that, that gave me comfort. And again, went back to creating and sewing and making pillows out of um, shirts from my grandfather and I made some ornaments that had my grandparents names and, and death dates, um, on them so that I could still hang something to remind me of them, you know, each Christmas and, um, kind of decided at that point that, you know, those things really brought me comfort. And I'm a huge believer in having something to physically tangibly hold Mm -hmm. really does help with the grieving it it certainly doesn't bring them back it it doesn't erase the pain but there's just something about that power of touch and hug and and having something to hold and so I started finding a bunch of different designs to be able to put on pillows and make things from clothing of loved ones and I've found a lion pattern now that I've added to my um inventory and I have a hippo or not a hippo um an elephant pattern so just a lot of um different ways of being able to still keep those connections and those memories and and having that physical thing to be able to hold and I think that's really um I, I, your story is so, oh, I, I don't even know. <laughs> um, I, I honestly, <clears throat> well, to put it this way, my, um, actually today is the 14th. So four days ago was the five year, um, anniversary of my grandma's death. And she was very, um, she was basically like my other mother. Uh, she raised me, my entire life and she died when I was 30 and um it was like you know like like you said it it is almost in a way um you're numb and you're not even really paying attention to you know the things that you would normally pay attention to and and one of the things we had discussed when we spoke before was I don't even, you know, and like you said, I don't even really know what the heck was going on. Um, Mm -hmm. If I had, you know, to look back on that time and the choices that I was making and the things that I was, you know, doing, uh, I can't exactly say that I could justify everything, um, (laughs) you know, because I don't exactly know how I got through it, but we got through it. And, you know, as a mom, I think a lot of us feel like we just have to push through, um, you know, we have to push through our pain or our grief. And like you said, it, you were just focusing on your daughter's schedules. You were focusing on, you know, your grandmother's schedule and what she needed and, you know, getting to the nursing home and you weren't necessarily processing anything for yourself in your own brain. And I like how you say, you know, our, your main focus in grieving was not you. Um, you. You didn't really think about you and how this was affecting you. And I think a lot of moms have that. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't even know if it's necessarily just grief of losing a loft, uh, you know, losing a loved one. I think it could be, you know, an experiencing um, grief of their life that they no longer live because of, you know, whatever, being a mom, being a, a, a wife, now things change or miscarriage or anything, um, anything like that. I feel like there's a grieving process that we don't always allow ourselves to um, go through and to accept, or we want to, or we feel like we need to kind of expedite the process, which is just not a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you know, it's just not a thing. Like we, we want it to be, um, but it's not. And, you know, so you talked a little bit about your daughters, um, but they were in their early teens. You said your daughter, your youngest was 12 and your oldest was 13 when your mother passed away. So how did um, that impact your parenting? And, you know, because at the same time, they're grieving as well. Mm -hmm. Um, So you have to, it's kind of a, a weird balance, which is, which is, you know, why I wanted to discuss this issue, because I think, um, as moms, we are, our emphasis is always on, you know, I want my children to feel better. I don't want my children to hurt or be upset or whatever, but part of their grief is, you know, like they lost their grandma, but they also know that their mom is not, you know, um, she's not happy. She's sad as well. Um, so how did you navigate that with, you know, with your daughters and they were young, I mean, like 12, 13, that presents a whole nother issue. That's another conversation for another day. Um, (laughs) (laughs) you know, young teens, uh, young teenage girls specifically, but you know, how did you navigate that where you were dealing with your own grief, but you weren't really dealing with dealing with your own grief, but you were also trying to help, you know, your young daughters navigate their grief and live you know their lives um because like you said time won't stop even though you want it to um and how did you navigate that well you know i was really very blessed that i had um really still have (laughs) good daughters who had you know good shoulders on their head and and um navigated through things really well um I think part of it was that, you know, they were involved in um, the funeral services. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, I had found out that mom was going on hospice and we had decided to put her on hospice um, probably about. Um, A week or so before my daughter was going to graduate from eighth grade and so we kept that from them to let her be able to have her eighth grade um, graduation without knowing um, what was all going on and and not have that memory clouded with pain and sadness right Oh, well, and that's, oh my gosh, that's a lot on on you and your husband. Yeah. Um, Yeah. (laughs) I remember driving home and I pulled over a couple houses down the street because I needed to call back and and make sure that they were, you know, okay when I had left my mom and my grandparents and um, was making some phone calls and I didn't want to be crying at home because I didn't want the kids to know. And some neighbor actually called the police on me because I'd been sitting outside their house and uh, the officer came up and he's like, we've had reports that you've been here for a while and you seem distressed. And I'm like, well, I, you know, just got word that my mom's going to be dying shortly and I needed to make some phone calls. But actually, I thought I was doing pretty good. I, I really haven't been crying in the car. I was doing that on the right drive back. And Right. You're like, actually, I feel great. <laughs> yeah. and so I, I pulled into the, the garage and had my husband come meet me out in the garage. And I said, well, apparently I can't park down the street and cry anymore. Because yes. Oh, my gosh. Well, <laughs> so, so that was my funny story of the day. Like, mind uh, your own business, Karen. No. <laughs> yeah. I, I still to this day don't know who did it. But yeah. Anyway. Anywho, um, so, but yeah. 
so we decided that, you know, we were going to, to keep that a secret until after graduation. And then, um, we drove down, um, to be with my mom and my grandparents and get her situated on hospice and get, you know, all of the, the planning stuff done. And, and so they were, they were involved in, um, some of, of that. And they actually sang, um, at my mother's funeral. Oh, that's awesome. My, my youngest had written, um, a a song as well. And she did that at the um, prayer service. So allowing them ways to, um, process their grief through that. Like my youngest one really processes her feelings through writing songs. And so that was therapeutic for her to be able to write that song um, and then be able to sing it. They both sang um, at the funeral, which I think then helped them um, as well. Um, Lots and lots of hugs. Yes, yes. (laughs) Um, Lots and lots of tears. Um, You know, we talked about how... um, my mom had had a very difficult life and in reality um, was diagnosed with, with cancer um, when my brother was born, actually. Um, oh. She was in the hospital um, after delivery and was diagnosed um, with cancer. So can you imagine just having delivered a baby and being told that you Oh, have- my gosh. <sighs> Um, so, you know, she had survived all of that, had raised two kids, um, got to see grandchildren. And so even though she had had a very difficult life, she was very blessed with as much as she had, um, gotten. Right. So, um, ultimately she didn't end up dying from cancer, which was a little bit ironic, but, um, we talked about how, you know, she was in heaven and, and it was a better place and she could dance and she could do all the things that she hadn't been able to do, you know, here on earth. And I, I think that definitely, um, helped them. Yes. Um, we, that Christmas was really tough. I just didn't have the energy to put up the tree and, and to decorate and to, do all of the things. And so we kind of sat down and said, you know, what, what do you guys really want? What means the most Mm -hmm. to you for Christmas? And for me, I had always taken pictures of the kids putting their first ornament of the year on the tree because I'd gotten them a new ornament every year. And so I said, I, you know, I still want those pictures. So we found a, much smaller tree that we put up in the living room and the only two ornaments on it that year were the two ornaments that I had them hang up so that I could get my picture because that was what they needed that year and the rest of it they didn't really care about right Um, you know and you're 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 um I I think that being realistic mm -hmm. about what you can actually do and take on is is really important and because you know when you lose someone that you love it also changes um obviously you're grieving but it also forever changes the dynamic of the family um and their tradition and the traditions that you you know uh take part in um exactly and you know i know there are things that we used to do when my grandma was around that we just we don't do anymore um some of it is from the fact that it was something that she really enjoyed and so she's not here it's kind of like okay we remember that that's something she likes but it wasn't like you said it wasn't super important to us um but there's also just that kind of um like you said the energy I like how you put that, the energy that, that, this is all I got, you guys. This is the energy that I have. (laughs) This is how much energy I have. (laughs) And so this is what, you know, and when it comes down to it, what really means 
um, the most to us, what really matters to us. That's what we're going to do. And then everything else was just going to have to wait a minute. Um, so I, I can, you, you know, you talk a little bit about your tradition, like that tradition of taking the picture with the ornaments. And I think, I think it's, um, first of all, can I tell you how much I actually love that tradition um, <laughs> of taking their picture? I think that's really sweet and really cute. And I'm sure it's something that you guys get to look at um, every year and, you know, that that's really cool that you have those memories um, to, to, to look at and that are tangible. But, you know, you talk about how you said you didn't have the energy to put up a tree. And, you know, I think that for a lot of moms, um, we find ourselves in that situation where we don't have the energy to do the thing, the quote unquote things that you're supposed to do. Mm -hmm. And so you said, okay, well, um, this is what's actually important to us. So, okay, we're going to go get, would you get like a little bitty tree from like, you know, <laughs> um, in a, a store and it was all, and so you didn't go cut down the tree and go do all these things, but Hey, it was a tree. You made it happen and you got what you needed from that experience. And I think, you know, giving yourself the permission to a admit that it just is not happening this year. Um, and to be honest with your children about that, because I think that's where a lot of us moms fall. You know, we fall apart is we don't want to be honest with our children and say, mommy is just not there right now. Um, we don't, you know, mom can't right now. This is what I can do. So let's figure out how to make this happen within those parameters. I think that's where a lot of us moms have a hard time. Um, and then what will end up happening is we keep doing, keep doing, keep doing, keep doing. And then we may have, it may, it'll come out eventually. Um, but maybe not the way we like, we would like it to. Um, so, you know, can you just tell us a little bit more? I, I know Christmas changed, but did any, you know, I know that first year, Oh, yeah. Is always, oh, gosh. And that's what, you know, my biggest prayer for anybody um, when they lose a loved one is I always just pray that peace comes over them, um, especially during the first year. Mm -hmm. Because there is nothing, um, I, I'm my worst enemy. I don't wish, I, I wish somehow we could just go to sleep and wake up, <laughs> you know, um, maybe, about, uh, maybe about 18 months later. Um, because that yeah, first okay, two year, and a half. <laughs> all right, you, you're going, you want a whole nother year years. after that. You're like, okay, let's just do two and a half years. Um, because I just feel like that first year, everything is just like, you just, you just keep getting like kicked when you're down. Yep. It's like, Oh, Christmas. Cool. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. Easter. Perfect. Thanksgiving. Great. Uh, you know, <laughs> their birthday. Well, and then oh, there's that, you know, like, <laughs> it's just like <laughs> the, day that the call came and this is the day that they Yes. Died. Yes. Yes, that we have the funeral, and this is the day that mm -hmm. their birthday, and every know. day. And I remember even yep. Facebook was getting me because I had taken a picture that I had posted. Um, I was I happened to be when we kind of figured out things were going uh, downhill quickly. I was at my best friend's house, and my grandma had called me, and she was talking, but the words weren't coming out right. And I, mm. so that, but I took a picture of that day, and I posted it on Facebook because I was with my best friend. And, um, we were having a good time because our, uh, children, she was pregnant at the time and, um, our, no, I'm sorry. She wasn't pregnant. Somehow wait, we didn't have our babies. Our, somehow our babies were with like, I think my husband had taken our son and then her, um, the father of her child had taken him. So we were like two mo young moms, no children, you know, and we were at her house having a good time. And I took a picture and I posted it on Facebook of us. Well, that happened to be the night that I had to drop everything, rush home and take my grandma to the emergency room. And that was kind of the beginning of the end. Mm -hmm. Now, even seeing that picture, and I think in the picture, mint Oreos were in the picture <laughs> and like, it's ruined mint Oreos for me. Forever, like just, yep. Yeah. Like just weird things that don't make any sense. Um, you know, like, you know, but that you tie with that. And so every time you see those things, it, can do one of two things. It can actually comfort you or it can kind of trigger you. Exactly. Um, and so, you know, how did you handle that? You know, like you, I, I, I think you're right. Let's say two and a half years. We just pull like a sleeping beauty 
go to sleep for a little bit, wake up and well, <laughs> which you, unfortunately, the reason, I said, <laughs> the reason I said two and a half years was because that first year was, you know, all of those first and you're right. Yeah. The mint Oreos, or you, um, you see a bird and it reminds yes. you of, you know, something or you smell something or there's just so many triggers and you're like, okay, why am I bawling? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, that's, <laughs> yeah. And so, and, and I, I would go so far as to say it physically hurts. It does. I remember having physical pain. Oh, yeah. Uh, My stomach I, hurt like yeah. for months. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I thought I had an ulcer. I thought I was like, I was ready to go to the doctor. I was freaking out. Um, it's, yeah. It's definite. Most definitely. Um, but, you know, that first, I don't know, month six weeks, whatever, you, you're still getting, you know, some of the cards and the condolence calls and the whatever. Mm-hmm. And then by that second year, you're like, hello, I'm still here. I'm still getting triggered by, you know, Christmas and Thanksgiving or whatever, but there's not that offer of, of support and that, mm-hmm those phone calls and those letters and cards. And, and sometimes I think that second year, it's not worse in the same way. It's just bad in a different way because feeling maybe a little more alone. um, People think you should be over it by then or that you should have moved on or again, more of those should haves. And I really think it takes that, that, two, two and a half years to kind of start having things go and they never go back to normal. Right. But I call it the new normal Mm -hmm. because it's a different baseline. It's a different way of, of dealing with life and thinking. And and I really think that first year you almost go into survival instinct. Mm -hmm. What, what do I really need to accomplish today? What really needs to happen? Okay. The kids need to get fed. I need, and I go back to that. I need to breathe in and I need to breathe out. And you know, does it really matter that you got your checkbook balance today or a week from now? No. Right. (laughs) Or if you got Christmas cards sent out this one year or you skipped it, no, you know, so you really kind of go back to that, that basic of what really truly needs to happen. What do you have the energy for? What can you focus on and accomplish and, and deal with today? And, and the energy changes you know some days you'd have really good days and and you could go through their belongings and you could sort through things and then I'd go weeks where I'd step into the room to look at something and I'm like I just can't yeah I I I can't I it zapped my energy and I could not go through a box and I'm like okay well I guess we're not doing that today um but slowly starts to come around and the the overwhelming crushing darkness and sadness you know starts to lift and you still miss them and you still wish they were here but it it's that that physical ache that stomach ache or that heavy, oppressive feeling does lift with time. Yes. Um, I know. And it's funny you should say that I, I kind of went the opposite way. So I did the opposite. I worked and I'm, and I'm like this in my life. And I think, I think a, a part, a piece of this too is, is understanding your personality. Um, because my kind of way that I hide things is I do more. Um, probably some of my best, um, I don't know if I shared this with you or not, but I'm a classically trained dancer. Um, I would say probably some of my best choreography was when I knew I was going to (laughs) quit. So I kind of over, overcompensate. Um, 
when I'm going through a tough time. It's just kind of, it's a weird thing. And so when I knew I was kind of on my way to healing, um, you know, kind of been, like you said, phase two, new normal, was those first couple of years after she passed away, I didn't miss a trick. I did everything. Like I, every single, um, I worked really hard to make every holiday perfect, to do it exactly how grandma would do it. Um, I, even down to she, um, and this is a tradition that I have kept, but every New Year's, she would buy us little champagne flutes with the year, with the new year on them that my husband and I would drink out of. And I'm the only year I missed was, uh, cause she died in 2015. The only year I missed was 2016. And I still want to punch myself in the face for to this day. Like I just, it just, it actually like makes me so, so angry right now that I missed a year, but, um, I think I can go ahead and give myself some grace on that. I get, you know, I get it. Um, but it was just one of those things I just completely forgot until it was like time. And then I was just like, oh, we don't have the glasses, you know? Um, but you know, when I realized I kind of was maybe starting to turn a corner and was kind of stepping into my new normal was about 2018, we got to Christmas and I just was like, you know what? I'm done doing Christmas cards. That's annoying. I'm not doing that anymore. And (laughs) I realized that it was actually because I had been working so hard to prove to everyone that everything was okay. And mm-hmm. then I finally got to a point where I didn't need to do that anymore. Um, and I just could be okay with how life was now. Um, and I could be okay with how things were now and they weren't the same, but you know, we're get, we're, we're getting by, we're figuring it out. We're existing. Um, and I kind of figured out ways to infuse her into, you know, my son's memories. Cause he was only 18 months when she passed away. So he doesn't remember her, but he remembers her. Um, and you know, I'm always very quick to tell him like you, oh my gosh, when you make that joke, you remind me of grandma or when you make that face, you look just like your great grandma, um, or some, you know, stuff like that where he doesn't, he's never going to actually have a physical, you know, a mental image of her from his own brain because he just, he was too young. But he knows her because he knows, you know, about her mannerisms or sometimes I'll even just say to him, okay, Barbara Carter, um, and he knows that, you know, oh, I must be doing something like grandma would have done or made a comment like grandma would have made. Um, but yeah, I feel like it can kind of go either way. Like you can kind of, kind of raise the white flag at the beginning, or maybe you can be honest after a couple of years with yourself and say like, okay, I can actually rest now and I can relax and I can, and, I, and I'm okay. And um, I you know, a lot of times you'll cycle between the two. Too. Yeah, 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 you know, I agree. Like I said, there's days that you've got the energy and, and you're pushing through and you're, you know, really trying to prove to everybody that you've got this under control. And the next day you crash and you're like, I, I need to give myself some grace and just focus on what I need to do for the day. Yeah. I I agree with you. I think that's, um, and that's, again, that's really hard for moms um, Mm -hmm. because we are, we work, you know, 25, eight, (laughs) (laughs) you know, um, and so for us to, and and there were days that I just didn't get off the couch. Um, And like you said, I'm, I'm also lucky enough. I have an amazing husband who he could tell those days and he never said anything. He never made me feel bad. Um, he would just handle it that day and it was almost seamless. And actually my mother-in-law was actually very helpful as well. She would just, um, sometimes at that time, we only lived 10 minutes from my in-laws now, but at the time we lived two and a half hours away from them. And I remember there would just be times when she would call and she would just say, can I come get Alex for, you know, uh, the weekend? And I would say, yes, <laughs> or, you know, <laughs> yes, you may. Um, and then this is, and this is, I want to tell everybody who, uh, if grand, grandparents mean it when they say um, they want their grandchildren, so just give them to them. It's fine. Um, yep. <laughs> um, you know, but 
that was very helpful that we had, I, I did have a pretty good support system and they weren't, you know, um, Danny, I can tell you're sad right now. So I will handle the things for you. You know, it was just, they kind of could look at me and then they knew, okay, kick it in. Um, mm-hmm. and you know, I never really had to say anything and, and that I did have that blessing, um, with them. And, you know, so I think you're right, though. It, it, it's on and off, on and off. Um, and, and even still, it's five years later. And, you, you know, you're 10 years out. So y- you, you can, you know, um, tell me that it's still on and off. I, I, sat, I, I sat in the kitchen uh, on, um, on the 10th and I cried. Just big, ugly, nasty tears. Yep. Um, and, and, you know... And my husband and my son, they had run, gone outside to play. Um, and I just sat in the kitchen and cried. And I haven't done that in probably, I mean, I would probably give it about seven, eight months, you know. And so does that mean I'm weak? No. It just means that, like you said, it was just one of those. And I cried. It was big, ugly cries. My dog was looking at me like, <laughs> you, you all right, you know. <laughs> and then I wiped off my face and got back to it. And I think that's sometimes what you need to do. Um, and it's okay. And like you said, it's a new normal. I, I think of it like, um, have you ever seen uh, Back to the Future Part 2? Oh, yeah. Where, <laughs> you know, they go back and now there's an alternate timeline um, because something happened and now they go back to the same, you know, they go back to 1984 or 1985, but it's now a different timeline. Like things are different. Yeah. And I feel like that's kind of, you know, how how dealing with grief is it's like oh all this you know pretty much everything is everybody's still here all the same players are involved but it's different um and it doesn't necessarily mean it's like awful but it's just different and you just kind of have to learn how to exist in that new normal um exactly and so i i I absolutely love your kind of answer i mean and there's no one right way or wrong way um, but I kind of love how you answered this question of how to handle your grief um, with, you know, your memory bears and your memory pillows. Um, because I think that this is something that so many people don't even necessarily understand how to express um, this desire to hold something. Because really, at the end of the day, you want to hold your loved one. Exactly, um, that yeah. would be the ideal, you know, but that's not not possible and so if you can hold something of theirs that you know maybe even smells like them or you know gives you a positive memory i think that's you know as human beings that is something that can really um give give you comfort when you are you know in the in the depths of the grieving process but even years later um i had told you i i have something of my grandma's that i keep in my closet and i just like sometimes i just like to open it and smell smell it because it still smells like her um and maybe that's weird but it just kind of calms me down when i have like those weird moments of like you know panic almost um and that's okay to have you know but it's nice like you said it's nice to have something to hold and tangible a tangible thing that you can hold on to um and squeeze in in you know and it's not a replacement but it's something um so kidder (laughs) well kidderbug creations um you how long have you been doing that Mm, probably about five, six years, five, six years. Okay. So you just, and, and so you personalize, like you said, you personalize everything. Um, so people can send in, how's that process work? People can send in something. Um, well, basically they order off of the um, website, see what they um, want to purchase and, okay. and they get an address to send their um, articles of clothing and I make the um, item for them and mail it back to them. That is really cool. Um, first of all, that's just, oh, man. And so I'm sure there's a lot of emotion even for you on that end as well. Um, Definitely. Yeah. I, I can't imagine because you know you're holding someone, some, you know, someone's loved one's item. Um, there's got to be a lot of uh, 
emotion and feeling involved on, on all those fronts. Um, and I know that you, like you said, you're a woman of faith. And so I, I, I appreciate that you um, are able to do this for people because it really is, um, you know, you are doing God's work um, and it might be like, okay, I'm making a pillow, you know, but like <laughs> you are doing God's work because you are helping these people to feel peace and to feel comfort when they might not, you know, have been able to. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I'm going to share all the information for people to find you. Um, you can go to kidderbugcreations.com. Um, and you can find our blog and our comfort items there. And I'll create, I'll add all that information in the notes for this episode. Um, and I want to end because this was, this was a heavy topic. It is a heavy topic. Um, but I want to end on a, just something positive, <laughs> you know, because this is so heavy. And I just think that even on top of, you know, the grief of uh, losing a loved one, I think right now we're just like, ugh. Um, when we look back on this time in history, it's just a, you know, we need as much positivity as we can get. Um, so you shared that you have been to six continents and Antarctica is not one of the ones that you missed. Um, so <laughs> as, I'm assuming that means you've been to Antarctica. What? Yes, I have. <laughs> and it's not even North Dakota where I live. Right. I was going to say, because I'm like, maybe you got lost because you live in North Dakota. Uh, maybe you're confused. <laughs> you thought it was Antarctica, but it was just North Dakota. Um, but okay. So how did you end up in Antarctica? What? <laughs> well, a friend of mine and I try to travel together about every year, every other year. And we usually do um, a big major trip. And one of our goals has always been to see all of the continents. And so <laughs> the funny part of the story is that she is always cold and <laughs> always hot. So the joke is that both of us have to be semi uncomfortable on the trip because if either one of us is really, really happy, the other one is really, really miserable. So she dragged me to some horribly hot, humid place where I was melting into a puddle. <laughs> and it was my turn to pick the next trip. And I looked at her and I said, we're going to Antarctica. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> and so of course, since we both had wanted to see all of the continents and it was on her bucket list as well, we went. But it was technically warmer in Antarctica when we were there than it was back home in North Dakota. <gasps> because their seasons are opposite. So yes. we were there during North Dakota winter, but Antarctica summer. And I actually have pictures of me walking around on Antarctica land without a coat. Oh, wait a minute. That's not, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was great. It was so much fun. It was amazing to see the, the icebergs and the wildlife and the, the scenery and it was just an incredible experience. Well, that is so cool. Um, most people tell me, you know, like a funny little anecdote. And then I'm reading this and I'm like, Antarctica, what? Um, I, I got to tell you, in my brain, Antarctica is like this tundra, um, like frozen tundra that like is uninhabitable by all man. Um, and so I was just like, how in the world did that happen? Which I got to tell you, I am that friend that is always cold. Um <laughs> And so I, you know, I get it. I, I understand your friend's pain. Um, my, uh, my husband, when we were dating, he went to college in Minnesota, which, you know, Minnesota is another one of those states where yep. in yep. the winter. Right next door. Yes. So he took me to, um, he wanted me to, to, to meet all his friends. Um, and two of his friends had a house. They had not come, they had not left Minnesota after graduating from college. And so he wanted me to meet everyone. And so he decided during Christmas break, we should go <laughs> up to Minnesota. So here it is, uh, the last week of December. 
And when we are in um, the car, we're driving up because we, he, one of his really good friends lives in Chicago. And at the time we were living in Indiana, Northwest Indiana, which is like uh, basically a suburb of Chicago. So we decided to all drive up to Minnesota together. So we went to Chicago and his friend who is Puerto Rican is extremely um, hot blooded. And so we are driving to Minnesota and he has, I swear to you, he has the windows open um, because he's hot. I'm in the back seat because you know how wind blows. When the windows are open, the wind mm-hmm. always blows to the back. I, and I have never been so cold in all of my life. And I was just cold. I was cold for a week. Um, I was cold at these people's house. I was cold. Anytime we went anywhere, we went to the mall. We took, he, took, he took me to the Mall of America. I couldn't even enjoy it. Um, I was, I think that's the only time I actually warmed up was at the mall of America and I didn't want to leave. Um, because I was like, this is the warmest place here. <laughs> I'm like, it's, I'm, I don't even know if anybody really cares about the mall. It's just warm here finally. And, um, and so I've never been so cold in all my life. Um, and so the next year when he was like, Oh, do you, we, you know, uh, so-and-so was wondering if we wanted to come to Minnesota. And I was like, yeah, in July. like we are not going back there ever again in you know in december january you can bet on that oh my lord i've never been so cold um so yeah i i understand as the friend who's always cold um what you know and she lucked out she lucked out you know um that you didn't take her there in the dead of antarctica winter (laughs) the antarctic winter um so well (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, thank you so much, Anne, for coming on the show today and for, you know, talking to us uh, about this, this topic. It's not, it's not a particularly sunshine, you know, puppy dog one, but it is something that I think is important and it really needs to be discussed. Um, and I know that there are so many moms who are dealing with this or who have dealt with this. And so I, I just wanted there to be a resource for people. Um, and, and also just because I think you are a wonderful person, you're a wonderful human being. And, and that, you know, um, the fact that you offer something to, you know, help people um, while they're grieving. And, and even after that, and like you said, that initial time, just to have a memory item, to have of their loved one. I think that's so, um, it takes a special person to be able to do that for people. Um, Cause like I said, I'm sure there's a lot of feelings involved um, on your end every time you get someone's, you know, someone's loved one's item. Most um, definitely. In yeah. fact, it, that's part of the reason it took so long for me to um, kind of start adding them to my inventory. I just wasn't quite mentally and emotionally there yet. Yeah. And I, I get that. I totally get that. Um, it, it is a, it is a, um, it is amazing work. It's also heavy work. I can, um, I can totally understand that. But if you do want to learn more about Kidderbug Creations, and um, I, I, I really, I think you, I, I think, and I don't know, I think you have a great thing. Um, it's nothing that I ever would have thought of in a million years. But now that you, you know, you've taught me about this, I can't understand how we, what we were doing before it. You know what I mean? Um, I think it's a really, really great thing that you're doing. If, if you want to learn more about her, um, go to kidderbugcreations.com. And like I said, I'll put all the information for um, how you can get in touch with her. She's on Facebook. She's on Pinterest. Um, what else are you? I think, are you on Instagram? Yes, ma'am. Yes, you're on Instagram. No Twitter though. Her and I had a no conversation. Twitter. We're not doing, we were done. <laughs> Twitter, no. Um, and, you know, these items can be personalized for your family members, for your children, for your spouses, for, for your friends. Um, and, and take it from me, it, it would be a great resource. Um, and Anne is actually, she, I haven't told her this yet, but I'm actually going to be sending something to her um, that I would like, um, I would like done of my grandma's. So um, I've been ruminating on what I want to do. So yes, I will be, I will be contacting you soon um, with that. 
because I, I think that what you are doing is just, oh, I mean, it's amazing. Um, and you really are doing God's work. I think that's really cool. I think, I think you're an awesome person, Anne. Um, well, thank you. That's very nice to hear. And, um, well, I mean, I'm saying it cause it's true, you know, I mean, <laughs> just being real deal. Um, and I think that your, your work is, 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 is really great and it's really necessary. Um, so, you know, thank you so much for coming on today. Do you have anything that you'd like to share, you know, uh, anything else that you'd like to share with our mamas who are listening before we go? Um, I think the biggest thing is just to give yourself some grace and some patience and to accept that wherever you're at right now and in a given moment is okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Thank you for having me, of course. Well, and yes, and no, and thank you so much for coming on because, you know, it's not a, it, like I said, it's a heavy topic. Um, and I agree with you 200%. Um, and that's probably one of the, I, I guess if I could say, um, one of our mission statements is, you know, for moms is that we have to work on, part of our mission is to work on being okay with being okay. <laughs> yes. Um, so I, I thank you for saying that and for reiterating that because, you know, we always need permission, us moms, to, <laughs> um, and we realize we don't have to be, per to realize we don't have to be perfect all the time, which is really hard for us, but it's we're going to, really, really hard. Yes, it is, but we're going to keep, we're, and I feel like if I say it every week. <laughs> oh, you that, only have to say it every week? I have to say it every day. Well, I mean, I say it to myself every day and I try to say it to, I try to say it to at least one mom every day, but, um, I, I, you know, I say it on the podcast every week and then I try to tell as many moms as I can in my life, um, then maybe just maybe somebody will probably feel like eh, one day, you know, <laughs> but there it, you is, go. It, it is hard. So I totally understand. And, and thank you so much for coming on the show today. Um, I am, like I said, I'm going to share everything so that you can get in contact with her. And I hope you guys have a uh, wonderful week. We are, what are we in? I think this is week five for me. I, I don't know. Track. Yeah, I know. And that's how I feel too. Uh, you, the only reason I'm kind of semi keeping up is because um, I want to know the dates just for like, you know, memory purposes. I've been kind of writing things down um, so that we can go back and taking pictures so we can, you know, we'll be able to go back and look at this time period, the COVID-19 time period and be able to share um, kind of what was going on. So that's really the only reason I even have like a modicum of an idea of how long it's been. Um, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, otherwise I, you know, but um, I hope everybody's having a great week and enjoying, if you are at home, that you're enjoying your families. Um, I do want to take this time really fast to thank all of the um, essential workers, all of our medical people, um, grocery store people, postal service, everybody who is still out there, who's still doing their thing to make sure that we have all the things that we need and the care that we need. Thank you so much. And I will talk to you soon. Um, and everyone else, I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. Bye. You guys, I always say that, you know, this episode's my favorite, this episode's my favorite or whatever, but I honestly, you know, I want to be real with you. Talking to Anne was possibly one of um, my most favorite interviews. She is such a genuinely kind and caring and loving person that speaking to her just really helped me um, deal with some grief that's going on in my life. I shared in the episode, but my grandmother passed away five years ago on the 10th. And, um, I, you know, I've spoken on it a little bit, but I, I can't believe that five years ago can seem like yesterday and a long time ago at the same time. And, and so I really did want to have somebody come on the show today to talk about grief because I thought that, um, I, I figured it, when I look back on everything that was going on in my life in 2015, I figured I was not the only one. I figured there were other moms who were going through grief, but weren't exactly able to, uh, navigate it because they were moms. 
And, you know, this is not exactly a new thing, but I wanted to have that resource out there for you. So I hope this was helpful. If you want to learn more about Anne and what she does, you can look at the notes for this episode. You can also visit her at kidderbugcreations.com. Anne is, she's just a great woman. And um, the fact that she does these things, you know, like I said, it, it doesn't, it, it can't be easy to take someone's um, loved one's item and make something for them from that but she does it and she does it because she her heart is she her heart's in the right space and she in the right place and she is genuinely wanting to help people heal so I hope you enjoyed this episode I hope you have a wonderful rest of your week I will be back next week with another amazing person her name is Amber And she's going to talk to us all about building up our creative side and exploring our creative side as moms. Can't wait. Talk to you soon. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. For more information on Taking Back You and the Taking Back You Momcast, visit us at takingbackyou.com. From there, you'll be able to follow us on social media, listen to past episodes, and learn all about the mission of Taking Back You. Be sure to subscribe to get future episodes. And from all of us at Taking Back You, thank you so much for your support. Hi, I'm Danny Carter-Iddens, founder and creator of Taking Back You. My vision for Taking Back You was simple. I wanted to create a safe place for mamas to focus on and believe in the dreams that have been placed on their hearts by God where they could walk alongside other mamas who get and give advice on how to do this mom thing. And I wanted to tell mamas what I wish someone had told me, that it's possible to be both a great mom and more than a mom at the same time. So join me. Let's build a community of mamas who aren't afraid to reach for the stars, even while holding their little ones in their arms. Let's grow together. Let's learn together. And more importantly, let's remember that becoming a mom doesn't mean we have to give up who we are. Want to learn more? Join us at takingbackyou.com to learn all about the mission of Taking Back You, to connect with other mamas, and to share your expertise. I can't wait to do this mom thing with you.